should just start. Be like, hey, I saw some movies that I'm probably not going to talk about on the podcast proper. Go for it. What do you? What did you, what did you see? I saw, uh, you know what I saw yesterday. I saw Your Name. Oh God, yes. And my dad didn't really like it. So sad because it's so good. All right, you, you, yellow. He just went. I'm sorry. He just kind of went. It was weird. Like it was too disjointed for him, and he he hates you know like time travel stuff and anything whatsoever. Who does? My dad cannot handle any sort of time travel stuff. Like it time loops, time whatever, anything. Like flashbacks were really fuck with him. Like no, no. See, I don't know if you're joking or not, but he has actually said to me like, "I hate flashbacks in media. Like I want to write a book that doesn't do any flashbacks and has lesbian (laughs) vampire ladies." Yeah, and then he wrote a huge flashback into his book. So, oh god damn it, <laughs> Dad! What's your problem? But like, it has to start with like this is taking place in 1960, which is not when the rest of the story takes place. We just want to make sure you're not confused. Oh god, it's like like an actual disclaimer. No, but it should. He might as well put something like that. Like somebody actually what... says this. Yeah. That's what BoJack does, right? You watched a bunch of that, right, Rat? Oh yeah, I watched the first two seasons. Oh, I finished it. It's very or caught you, up with it. It's very you fin- good. You, we were both like midway into season two, and then you finished season four before I finished season two. I'm with the. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 like, I'm with Poncho's idea. When's Rhett's dad going to be on the Sox cast? Oh Jesus Christ! He, my dad. I've mentioned this podcast vaguely to my dad, and he's like, podcasts. Nobody listens to those. No, <laughs> nobody. But like, in not in those, like in a super dismissive way, where like even the world's most popular podcast may as well not exist to him, because <laughs> he because he doesn't understand how it works. If it's not on TV or DVD, he it's... he's actually literally scared of Blu-rays. <laughs> like it has to be actually DVDs. He's literally he thinks Blu-rays are some kind of devil magic. <laughs> Not quite that bad. We did watch your name on Blu-ray. I insisted. He was going to watch the DVD, and I'm like, no. No, no, no. That's a Makoto Shinkai joint. You eat the backgrounds off of the TV. Half the point of this movie is the insane visual fidelity. Ah, that's that's right. I watched a Makoto Shinkai movie, and, like, I wasn't thinking about the really, really pretty visuals coming out of it. Like, that's kind of cool. It is weird. Shinkai escaping, getting kind of beyond that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's good that there were actually things happening in this movie. Like, there were plot and characters. You couldn't just stare at the background and well, went, oh, that's pretty. I wish something would happen. Yeah. I tried to explain to my dad that, like, the last ten minutes of your name mm-hmm. stretched out to an entire movie is, like, all his other movies. Oh, wow. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. I no, I don't think I'd ever, like was sitting in a movie like desperately wanting two people to be together as much oh, as in your name. I was just like, come on, come on. Wait, did Rich Dad come into the Discord? Is that what I'm hearing in chat right now? Since somebody oh, did somebody that like who came into the channel the oh, other that, day I think Carmi was I think Carmi was joking. Oh, okay. Like Rhett's dad stumbled into the channel and felt very no. lost. He's joking. My dad wouldn't know how to Discord or Twitch or anything. No, he, like, Plus, Twitch would just weird him the fuck. Like, wait, these people are doing these things, like, right now? <laughs> Live? You can only do that on television. 
Who are these friends the of yours that can afford to put on elaborate live shows? <laughs> plus, um, plus the person that stumbled in the chat was like, so what about them Final Fantasy articles? Oh god, yeah, oh, that guy. And then he was just, and then like Carmichael explained to him that it's just like, yeah, well, like we host a podcast and stuff and like, you know, maybe six to ten people watch us when we do it live and we don't know the download numbers. And he was like, Well, why bother? Because I you know, apparently if you're not getting eighteen thousand people yeah. watching your thing, it's not worth it. Why are we doing this? There are literally two people, three people in chat. <laughs> There's definitely this weird trend over the last like decade of like, well, if it's not monetized, what what are you doing? Yeah, like, I know. There's no just personal websites just for the sake of having a personal website. God, I miss those. Welcome Speaking to for- Soxcast episode seventy two, the episode that did not want to happen. Yeah, seriously. Because uh, a couple weeks ago, Rhett is uh, was having a storm, and. Yeah. As, as fun as it would be for to hear Rhett talk about all the hentai he watched while hanging from a light pole, as fun as that would be, uh, we decided, you know, the better judgment was to maybe not do a podcast. And then, and then last week, I got sick. Mm. And it was pointless to try and have me around. And then this week, John Tombstone Pile Drivers' his computer. <laughs> Yeah, I went through. I'm on my third computer now, trying to get something Wait. that I can podcast on. Oh, God, what actually happened? I tr- I had the look. The Wi-Fi thing broke on my laptop, so I've been stretching the Ethernet cord across the hallway, and then I tripped over it while walking uh, back, and then I pulled over the computer, and then it stopped working. Very unfortunate. I think the idea. I can you... see that happening because my internet has been shit the last week too, and I'm like looking into Ethernet cables, like, hmm, how can I? Drag this across the entire room. But that you're not—you're not suplexing your computer to get it there. I did order Ooh, a twenty-five-foot I... Ethernet today. He ordered an extender for his dongle. Yeah. Not that he needs it. No, no, not at all. That's what she said. That—that that is what I said. Yeah, that I is said. what. It's quite literally <laughs> something I've said in the past. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Yeah, like three hours ago. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's about... It's about... To my meeting virtual right, he loves your butt. <laughs> no, I don't. It's Rhett. I'm not a butt guy. Oh, come, come on. on. Don't, like, don't what's wrong with What's wrong with butts, Rhett? You got a problem with butts just because poopy comes out of them? Yeah, that's one of them. Then that's probably the big thing is that poopy yeah. just kind of slithers <laughs> out of a big old butthole. And... Oh, God. What are you all godding about? That image that you described just now. What, if it's hey, turned slithering out of a butt? Oh. Rhett, everybody poops. I know, yeah. but it's everybody all poops. it's still nasty. Humans are gross. We are. Living creatures are gross. I saw a bunch of turkeys the other day, and then one of them fucking pooped on my yard. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, cool. Man, stories with poop. Yeah, but let's kill you. <laughs> stories with poop are the best. True. Do I mean virtual left? True hell only knows one name. John Fire. Hi. What's up? Just chilling. Ready to do a podcast. Ready to do a podcast? Are you sure you remember how to do them? Yeah, of course. Because I forgot. Y'all don't care about and have a good time. 
You got that right, basically. Yeah, yeah. Talk about things I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> we're good. All you gotta do. All you gotta do. Man, it's been a while since we've done one of these. Yeah. Who wants to talk about something? You go first. Me go I first? Of, yeah. I built up a ton of Saga and Sonic content, so we can oh, go over God. that whenever. Oh, I can't wait! So it's just like the old days. Oh, I'm sure both of you have played Sonic Forces, the hot new Sonic game that just came out. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I that mean, sounds you should like have played a... it by now since it's only three hours long. Sounds like a bit of a trash fire. That's what oh, I'm gathering from people. If only someone it. had watched the pre-release footage and was trying to warn you guys, but I guess he didn't buy it anyway, so it kind of worked. Yeah, I didn't buy it. I got I got off that train as soon as they showed me Chemical Plant Zone, and I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I saw a great quote. Somebody goes, this game is more blatant in its asset reuse than Mania, and asset reuse was Mania's entire thing. Yeah, yeah. I heard that like That's they like reused bosses from generations, and when the director was uh-huh. asked why, he just said, eh, "Because." I think that was kind of uh, misquoted. Maybe like I think he meant the characters themselves. Like uh, I haven't seen actual boss fights being okay. reused, but Metal Sonic is in there, and like one of the guys from Lost World is in there, and it's like oh, I don't know why <laughs> we wanted to confuse the fans. Chaos is there. That's cool. Apparently. Chaos is just kind of there. Uh, at least not... that's the thing is that chaos was good at the end of Sonic Adventure. Like chaos figured out their business. Yeah, that's good. Point. Rolling back on that. Yeah, again, media franchises—you can never actually have character development anymore. Well, hey, at least we can be glad that, like, hey, you know what? Everybody's having fun with their their little character generator, right? Fire yes. the best part of the game, apparently. Like, people are enjoying that part of the game. I, I like, and I've uh, seen uh, Andrea talking fairly positively about the game. So, I mean, it's not like it doesn't have an audience. Yeah, I'm honestly, I think I'll yeah. still probably. I mean, I'll probably it still play enjoy it. it. I will yeah, play just... it, but I will play it when it is $20. At 40 bucks. <laughs> Apparently, I heard that, like, when they first pitched the game to, internally, like, the character creator was, like, the whole game. Oh wow! And they were like, they were the management was like, "Where's Sonic? Put Sonic in it." That's uh, Sega higher ups fucking everything up. Yeah, it does seem completely absurd the amount of character customization in that game. Like that's really nice playing it, and then like they beat beat the stage, and it's like you unlock ten more avatar items. They just bing, bing, bing. They just keep coming after every single stage. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing. There's a hat that says gamer on it. Yeah, there is. And there's Crocs and other dumb shit. <laughs> so I can appreciate just how dumb like they went. Like maybe they could have gone more absurd with it. I think. Yeah. But, I don't know, but it seems like that part of the game that part of the game seems pretty alright. Yeah. yeah. And besides, isn't the main isn't the big thing with like every bad Sonic game that it's like a trillion years long? Like Sonic Adventure 2 and fucking um, Sonic 06. So That's if they just point. made one that was like really short, if I could get yeah. it for not 60 bucks, that sounds pretty all right. Yeah, you, I think you got a, a pretty valid point there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I played a game that wasn't a Sonic game. Oh, thank God. What are those? Yeah, I went back, uh, I went back a few years. Um, actually, I, I think it was like maybe 2003, 2004. 
And uh, it's a game that I've played a little bit over the years, but I never really, for some reason, I never committed to getting it, even though I thought it was pretty rad when I played little bits and pieces of it at friends' places. Has anybody heard of a, a little game called Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks? Uh, no. I've heard of it, and I have no idea what it is, honestly. So, um, in the like the early two thousands to mid two thousands, Mortal Kombat was kind of kind of flogging a little bit. It, oh, it was yeah, uh, definitely. It had kind of fallen into the toilet. Um, unfortunately, I thought Deadly Alliance and, and Deception were still pretty good, but I never actually got to play them with anybody. So it was mostly just kind of like a lot of me playing through the single player content and unlocking characters. And you know, like, once you do all that, like, well, I got nobody to play with. Fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, well. Um, but, um, and of course there are the various offshoots, you know, about where they're not mortal Kombat games. Like let's you know, mortal Kombat mythology sub zero, for instance, who remembers that, that winner right there. I know more about that game, honestly, than I this do one. Know, I do know more about that game. <laughs> Man, that game, that's one of those games that I will play, and I know it's bad, but I still have a decent time with it, even though it's straight-up garbage. Isn't that, like, the same sprites as MK3? I believe but, so, like, yeah. kind of made into a weird platformer thing? Yeah, yeah. It looks, oh, real, it looks weird with all these pre-rendered backgrounds and, and, and just, like, the way it moves and looks in motion. It's qu- And it's got the greatest FMV cutscenes ever. <laughs> like, the actors are really hamming it the fuck up. And I think that Mortal Kombat's <laughs> kind of at its best when it's kind of hamming it up and... Uh, yeah, and, and taking itself too seriously, I think, is when Mortal Kombat kind of is at its best. Uh, and then yep. there was, and then there was Mortal Kombat Special Forces, which nobody should ever have to suffer through. It was a terrible mm-hmm. PS One game that was another kind of action adventure game with Jackson Sonia, but it's pretty terrible. But yeah, like Mortal Kombat was kind of dying at some point, but Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks kind of found its way out and. Um, it sort of rides that um, God of War Devil May Cry um, kind of uh, game where it's like a it's a it's a spectacle action game where cool things happen when you press all the buttons and you go on and you go on a little adventure beating up people you know cutting them in half with your hat because that feels awesome. <laughs> um, but it 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 takes that kind of style and puts Mortal Kombat inside of it and. The way Mortal Kombat works is it, it feels very specific to Mortal Kombat. Like Mortal Kombat games are like they're 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 very distinct. Like when you play a Mortal Kombat game, it feels like a Mortal Kombat game. It doesn't feel like a Street Fighter or a Guilty Gear or a Blaze yeah. Blue or anything like that. Like it's very digital, it's very crunchy, yeah. it's very visceral. Um and this game kind of perfectly marries that fighting style, like including the way that you do like uh, fatalities and shit. It marries all of that into this style of game with some light RPG progression and um, like neat little environmental puzzles that are very gore based, like throw these dudes onto these spikes and then climb up them. <laughs> like it feels really good. Like that. Like all of that stuff is just brain dead and silly. And like the combat is easy to get into. And you just like you buy new special moves or you upgrade them with the experience you get from beating up dudes. 
Uh, there are, like, just tons of stage fatalities all over the place. Like, just, like, uppercut dudes off of the pit is one of, like, the first things you get to do in the game, which feels great. It's um, really fun. But, it, like, it all works in context with each other. And, like, with the way Mortal Kombat's fighting style works, which, like I said, it feels very digital and it doesn't flow very well. It's just punchy and crunchy and... Um, it's very distinct. I didn't think that it would work with this kind of game, but it strangely does. Um, and like it, it, I, I enjoyed it start to finish. Like it is a quick, like seven to eight hour game. You get in, you get out and you're done. It's got this story that is taking itself so goddamn seriously. It takes place between Mortal Kombat one and two, um, where you're like, you're either Kung Lao or Liu Kang and it's after the first Mortal Kombat tournament's been won, and it's just like, we need to find a portal to Outworld, and, like, they take you through, and you, like, you meet all of the characters from Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, and they all have silly little moments in the story, and you have, like, really awesome one-on-one battles with them that manage to still kind of capture what a Mortal Kombat game feels like, but they still feel right in this kind of Devil May Cry God of War system. You know, so you got to utilize... You know, you're utilizing blocks and everything the same way you would in a fighting game, but you're also just, like, chaining together 23, 25-hit combos for the fun of it. And, you know, ending on a very spectacular fatality. The only fatality I really ever used, though, was just splitting people in half with Kung Lao's hat. (laughs) Like, that is, like, that fatality has always kind of been my favorite in the series. That and, like... Scorpion's got one in Mortal Kombat 2 where he takes a spear out, gashes their throat, and then cuts them in half. <laughs> like, it's a little excessive. I think the first the first thing probably did the trick. I I like the fatalities in the older games, but, like, the newer ones have just gotten I think, too gruesome yeah, for it's me. A like, even, much. like, the Kung Lao hat split thing is, like, funny when it's a 2D sprite yeah. and, like, but when they're actually animating someone's entire innards, it's like, oh, guys, seriously? Like, I think one, of, I think Kung Lao's fatality in Mortal Kombat 9 is he, like, takes the hat out and spins it on the ground like a buzzsaw. Yeah. And he grabs like the dude by the legs thing. and pulls them toward it, splitting them in half. Like, it's awesome, but at the same time, it's like, uh, I'm a little squicked out. I think MK10 went even further in. Yeah, oh yeah, Mortal Kombat realm. 10 went fucking all in with the fatalities and the gore. It's 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 a little excessive for my taste. Yeah, MK9 point. is the one I played, right? The the new Never Nights one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That game's really good. <laughs> yeah, I, love, I really like it. Like Mortal Kombat 9's single player stuff is so worth playing through. Mm. Yeah. But like That's that my, like, experience with the series. The story mode in MK9 like vastly removes like all the violence yeah it really does even if you're playing like a regular fight normally like the characters will be totally bloodied and bruised up at the end of a fight then that doesn't happen in story mode yeah like even without the fatalities it's way less violent yeah like there are only specific points in the story where you can or you or have to do a fatality i believe like it's been probably since 2011 since i played this so I think I remember a few times in the story where you did have to use fatalities and stuff, but, like, it's largely just, like, enjoy this really dumb story and how, like, technologically yeah. amazing it is because it's, like, 100% seamless and there are no load screens. Mm-hmm. Oof, yeah, I wish I'd played that on the PS3 because I had the Vita version and the 
jumps from the pre-rendered cutscenes uh, to gameplay models were really uh, obvious. That's that's a bummer because that's kind of like <laughs> yeah. the whole point of MK9 story mode is that it's 100% seamless. Yeah, I get you. On the other side, though, it is amazing that that game got ported to Vita. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. pretty impressed. Like, people were talking the other day about, like, oh, it's so amazing that Doom is on the Switch. And it's like, guys, have you seen what the Vita did? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think XCOM is on Vita, too, and, like, Sonic oh, Racing wow. is on there. Yeah, there's... Like, there's Vita got a weird number of ports. Yeah, yeah, it did. It's, it's, it's pretty, like... I admire I the Vita. I admire the Vita. It's just too bad that John's the only person yeah. in the world that owns one. <laughs> yeah, the Borderlands 2 is on the Vita, too. and no Oh, one ever boy. It. I heard that's pretty bad, unfortunately. Well, it's still amazing that they got it on there. Yeah, yeah. It's just, but, but hey, like, fucking Mortal Kombat 1 is on a Game Boy, all right? And there are just some things you shouldn't do. <laughs> I, they have Ease 8 on the Vita, and I was like, hmm, hmm, I could do that. Is he's so Yeah, he's yeah. is Vita, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. he's okay. on Vita. There's some like post game stuff that's not in that version. Apparently, oh, right, right, right. I'll probably survive. Yeah, yeah. you'll probably <laughs> be fine. You just won't be as hardcore as Chelsea is, who is insanely hardcore with that game. Yeah, yes. I, she's going for platinum, and she's got fucking through nightmare mode. And like, <sighs> okay, good luck. I think you've got to do Inferno as well. I'm not sure, but there's one fun. above nightmare. Pardon? There's one above nightmare. Yeah, it's Inferno. Jeez. All right. Yeah. These games are good. These games are good. Yeah. Except one and two. I don't like them. Ah, uh, I like two. I beat, I beat two earlier this week, and I'm not going to probably talk about it much. But yeah, I was kind of like, all right, this was fun. I probably didn't need to come back to this one. <laughs> yeah. I just was right before the last dungeon, and then I was, which, you know, so half the game. I'm straight up. Let's just jump to Oath and Felgana and Origin, please. Yeah. I just I just didn't like Origin. Yeah, I'm Origin crazy. Origin is it's it's a different kind of beast. I think that like Origin just kind of wore on me because you're just in the same place the whole time. Yeah, that's why I like too is because it's a journey, and admittedly yeah. that journey maybe stops halfway yeah it stops halfway that's the where i quit east two was which is also kind of what the first game does right half the game is the tower but at least there's something before ease origin is just the tower the game yeah let's let's (laughs) just agree though that like the bump system is pretty cool it's very fun yeah it's very good good. i think East two is probably like i think they're both like good um they just like both of them go on like the second one just the last, the last thing goes on so long, and it just kind of wore on me. The climax was really cool, though. I mean, how old are those games, though? Aren't they? Weren't they on like the Turbo Graphics originally? No, they were originally. No, on they were originally old PCs. PCs. Yeah, like it's okay that they're not. Yeah, flaw, yeah. flawless masterpieces. Like, I, appreci- when... I appreciate what those games are. I'm totally yeah. fine with East One and Two. I don't hate them or anything. It's just I'm. Those aren't going to be the games that I go back to. Yeah, like I think modern are, ports you know, are. I think ridiculously Fun. faithful to the original games yeah. like they haven't ever changed anything basically as far as i know yeah yeah also, although i just know that there are some 80s rpgs that I'd probably rather have more fun that i have more fun returning to like tower of draga Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. but uh yeah mortal kombat shaolin monks is pretty cool sorry and people should play we- it I would I, I would be i would be happy if more people played that game you can probably get it for like like i got it for like four bucks what systems it on? PS2 and Xbox. Ah, uh, yeah. 
So it's so it is weird. going back a fair bit. Yeah, it's going back a fair bit, but I think it's like I think it's definitely like hey, it, like I said, it's like seven to eight hours, and you, you get yourself a real good time out of it. That's really nice. So we were talking about eighties RPGs. Mm-hmm. I know somebody that um, <sighs> likes to play those things. Don't I really me. like play them? Yeah. Oh, you do too. Well, <laughs> I like to play. I like to play one of one of them. Oh yeah. I, well, why don't you so, tell us a bit about it? Okay, so you know how I play. How um, I play um, Castlevania when I was really sad. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Well, I got really sad, but I didn't want to play Castlevania. So, okay. Good. Good choice. Good choice. I downloaded. I downloaded Dragon Quest three on my phone because I had. I played through one, two, four, and five. Why did you skip three? It just worked out that way. I had four, I got four first, and then I got five, and then I played one, and then I played two. And, you know, weird. Works out. Just worked out. Um, because I had the DS remakes and I had the Game Boy Color games, so they were separate things for me. Game Boy Color uh, games are pretty damn impressive. Yup, I played the. I, I wanted to play play the Game Boy Color version of three, but it was just way more convenient to do the phone version, which is oh, yeah. basically just the SNES version, as I understand yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's basically um, that, but kind of mobiled up. Uh, main mainly just that they don't have the battle animations, which is unfortunate. Yeah, those are real. Um, otherwise, it's a pretty nice port. Um, just they have a nice little map that's all silhouetted and then you fill it in as you explore the world which is fun um but yeah i put so i played all of dragon quest 3 over like a week and i really really liked it a lot okay so um, it's probably, what's what's probably dragon quest, along what's dragon quest 3 do that maybe one and two don't like what's what is it that kind of like makes you this one jump out at you as much as it seemed to um well how about i just kind of i can just kind of draw the comparison right now right after i beat three i downloaded one and two and then played through those over the course of the next week on my phone <laughs> okay so i, I kind of got the full impression of the arc from from game one to game three mm. um game one where you have the one character and it, was, it takes like four hours to play in the in this remake that's good um, because man it, dragon warrior one is wow <laughs> that is a slog of a game that was my first jrpg well, I got to the, the final. Yeah, I got, I got to the final boss and just kind of gave up. <laughs> and my character was named Bart <laughs> because of the Simpsons. Simpsons. The Simpsons yeah, because it was like '88 or whatever. Did you get your copy free from Nintendo Power like I did? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, that's how I got mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got. I played it on. That was actually the very first one I played, um, except for Rocket Slime, um, but. Yeah, I play when you play it on the Game Boy Color. You, when you play any of the fucking remakes, I think it's a very good package because it's just that very straightforward RPG experience where you have access to most of the world from the get go, and you just have to find a couple doodads to open up the last dungeon and then go fight the boss and win. Yeah. Um, so it's got this very strong, straightforward pacing, um, and the remakes move most of the grinding, so it's just flows really, really nicely. Um, they also streamlined some of the dungeons a bit, I think. Like, I, I looked at the maps of the NES games, and it's like, oh, there are a few more dead ends here. Oh, huh. uh, Yeah, which is interesting. So I, so that that's its very own straightforward, cool thing. Um, it's kind of a lonely game, because you only are one person, and 
in compare, and then you go into two, and I think people tend to not like the two as much because it's harder because it's kind of one of the harder Dragon Quests, and it has some, um, it has a number of things you have to do to beat the game that are not very well, cor- like telegraph flag telegraph. That's the word. So they have puzzles that are too too opaque for their own good. Mm. Um, by nintendo power bitch yeah exactly mm-hmm. um and also both both of the phone remakes for one and two aren't aren't as good um as the phone as the remake for three they they look kind of ugly mm. um they got a slight mm. mode 70 tilt on everything which is really oh, great yeah. weird yeah and <laughs> they um and they just give you the whole map from the get-go instead of having it be something you fill in which was kind of annoying like all right that's fun. I didn't want to explore anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's not a vital uh, part of any RPG experience. Yeah, and three three doesn't ma- mark um, the non towns on the map, so you do have to kind of remember things. But one and two is like here's everything, where yeah. everything is, which is annoying. Damn. And also all of the items that are hidden on the ground sparkle in two, so that all of those hard to telegraph moments are just completely not a puzzle anymore. Yeah, it's basically just, <laughs> did you see the pixel? Mm-hmm. In the original two, it's like, there's a person that says, hey, there's something in this room, maybe. Oh and my you also God. have echo food, uh... and then the way, the secret to the puzzle is to just press search over every tile in the uh... room. Oh, I'll take the sparkly over that, yeah, honestly. Even if it makes it less of a puzzle, fuck that. Because you have to sit there and like, Go into the menu, press the search button, because that's mm-hmm. old Dragon Warrior. Yeah, is that, is I forgot that, about that. Is that you can't just go up to something and press A and activate it. You've got to press A, go into the menu, thumb down to search. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's that's misery. It's one of the little shrines, so it's not that many tiles, but it's still a, it's not a well-telegraphed moment. And if I hadn't played it for the first time with a guide, I would have had a lot of trouble there. Um, but it's been several years, so most of the specifics were out of my head yeah um and also dragon quest 2 has the longest dungeons and they can be feel kind of time wasting oh um, like fantasy star 2 kind of thing no more differently there basically there's just a path there's a room where you want to walk from one point to another Mm. but there's a bunch of invisible holes and if you step on the hole then you have to walk back (sighs) that sounds awful yeah there's just a cut it doesn't like take over the whole game Right. Um, it's just a handful of these moments that are not as refined as one and three. Mm. And it makes me understand why people maybe don't appreciate it as much. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think I heard Yuji Hori or someone to that effect even say that that one was kind of rushed out because they were hot off the success of one. Yeah. You kind of saw, um, saw that a lot. I mean, Oh, Oh God. Mario two. Sorry, yeah. I, I don't know, fucking, uh, Carmichael McCallus, thank you for subbing. You scared the shit out of me, you asshole. Oh. Son of a bitch, I thought I had this turned off. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, so the Jeez. thing is that um, Dragon Quest Two is also maybe maybe my favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, not, oh. I, maybe not, maybe, but the thing is that Moving, jumping ahead back to three. I'm sorry, I'm just going over to these in turn, but it's it's kind of well. A, no, it kind of makes sense because you're giving context, and we kind of need yeah. it because we didn't play these. You did, yeah. 
So um, in three, at the very beginning of the game, you just go into a place and hire people to be your party members. So like Wizardry and mm-hmm. Etrianopsy. Yep. And then you name them, and then you project on them whatever you want. Yeah. Um, in two, this was one of the first RP, one of the first Japanese RPGs where you had a full, where you had a party system. Yeah. So they kind of make that the whole story. <laughs> yeah. They spent like two or three hours at the beginning of the game, um, introducing you to the two other party members, and you like go on little quests to get the, join to your party. So you start off like Dragon Quest One alone, um, and then you get the prince. And then you get the princess, and the prince, the main person you play as, isn't, um, like, obviously the best character, because they can't, you can't use magic. Right. Your main person can't use magic, um, whereas the other two have a different, have slightly differing sets of magic and different physical effects. So, it's one of the first RPGs where you have multiple play members, and the party is these three clearly defined characters who have little quests and arcs to them and a place in the story and they're really well balanced with each other such that all of them feel like important members of the team and I think that's really cool mm-hmm. and probably one of my favorite little story beat one of my favorite like kind of cinematic beats and just the whole series is when you get the third party member the world map theme changes um, yeah. from being this very lonely Dragon Quest 1 track to an extremely warm and bouncy song that's not obnoxious in the way it's bouncy and it just completely makes me smile because how well it's earned in the story that's, um, that sounds that sounds really cool yeah i like i like little touches like that mm-hmm. and then you get a boat and the first dragon Quest game doesn't have a boat so that was another touch where you're exploring kind of a much bigger world um and then the rest of the game is just finding all these places um finding the six doodads you need to enter the last dungeon and go and fight the boss so they all kind of come down basically to that where like they have no intro sequence and a little bit of an intro sequence and then a slightly longer intro sequence and then explore the world find the doodads get the ending grind it up to beat the boss nice Uh, and that structure is really cool because a lot of rpgs are a lot more closed in yeah. But all of these are kind of committed to having more of that open structure, which is very satisfying to me now. Yeah. Um, three's big thing. Um, well, there's one big thing near the end of the game. For most of it, it's just kind of like, hey, we did that those other two games again, but now it's bigger. And yeah. I was kind of resistant to playing DQ3 for a long time because I worried. I was worried it was just like, oh, it's just the same game but bigger and generally those kind of games like kind of castlevania 3 kind of jumps to my brain yeah it can be a little overbearing yeah because i like it if it's telling the same story might as well i might as well go with the one that tells the same story in a more concise way yeah Mm -hmm. i get that um and all these are kind of the same story but oh yeah yeah but with those little changes like the party system into being like such a present part of that game's story yeah um so three starts out you get you just hire party members so it does it has the tactic like battle tactics of the second game um but a little bit more customizable and without kind of that resonance yeah Um, you lose some of the personality because they're not defined characters Mm -hmm. so is it kind of like the first final fantasy where 
you just choose their jobs and if you screw yourself you're screwed yes no you can um you can hire you new people you can register uh, yeah. okay. you can register up to like uh i think on the nes version it's like a hundred dudes oh, oh wow. wow yeah that's totally oh. different then and lower level characters level up really fast yeah um and when you get to level 20 you can class change them yeah. and then they keep all their spells and their stabs their stats half um and they could be a new job so you could base so and then you have to grind them up a little bit um and then they, you can have like a fighter with white magic and whatnot. So wait, so. this is the original job system. Yeah, basically, it, is. it actually is. You could have someone be like a healer and then make them a tank later on, and mm-hmm. they can still heal. That's yeah, it's not a thing you can do instantaneously like Final Fantasy three and five, but it yeah. definitely that. Um, but it's also not as fun as in that respect as three, as Final Fantasy five or something but. like that. So. But this is where it started. Yeah, cool. So, you that game, it's basically just the same thing as 1 and 2, where you there's an intro sequence where you're kind of guided through a number of little smaller quests. Um, and then you get the ship, and then the whole world opens up, and you can go anywhere, and you have to collect six magic orbs to enter the final dungeon. Yeah, you do the, you do the <laughs> orb thing, and that's, that's that. Yeah, except that... Um, in two, you kind of just get the crests by like searching a random tile in a shrine or opening a chest. Yeah. Um, in three, uh, most of the orbs are connected with like episodic stories. Yeah. Like a town where all everyone were like once a year they have to sacrifice a person to the dra- to the evil dragon, um, and everyone's terrified of being sacrificed and. You go to fight. You go to kill the dragon, and the dragon retreats. And you follow it, and it turns out that the dragon was actually the leader of the town in disguise, um, oh. as in the leader of the leader of the town who was making everyone do these sacrifices was yeah. actually the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so you you fight this boss, and then it retreats, and then you fight it again, but now it's weak because you've already wounded it, and yeah. you have to fight it before you get the chance to heal up. So I was like, oh shit, this is terrifying. I didn't know I'd be fighting again. But then the boss was already wounded, so it was yeah. easy. And it was a really kind of cool cinematic moment. And then the boss had the orb. Yeah. Um, and then um, you hire a merchant, and then you give, the, and then you leave a merchant in this developing town, and then they help develop the town. Huh. But they wind up; everyone in the town winds up turning against them, and you need to help solve that. So it's it's like instead of it just being you have to find these doodads, it's here's a bunch of little stories. Yeah, like, here's a chapter, and the, the orb is just kind of the MacGuffin that yeah. you get at the end of that little chapter and story that they're telling. Exactly, which is a really big advancement, and I think it's something that a lot of the other Dragon Quests follow, is yeah. that kind of episodic approach, and it's something I love. I absolutely love that, because you get... I remember Dragon Quest Nine being a ton of that, where they just had these, like, hour-long stories with a little dungeon and a boss and then i'd feel emotions at the end <laughs> just over and over yeah. i mean that just kind of sounds like a lot of open world games in general now like witcher 3 just kind of being You're a bunch just having of these little... hour-long stories yeah. Basically. yeah just without the orb at the end like they felt they evolved the systems a bit i guess yeah and dragon quest that's because and in large part that's because dragon quest is kind of more closely connected to those early western rpg roots yeah. things were very open-ended yeah um 
So the cool thing is that you get to the end of Dragon Quest Three and you fight the boss, and it's like just as fun and cathartic as one and two. Mm-hmm. And then just like at the end of two, the you're with the king and everyone's saying you saved the world, congratulations. Um, and everyone lifts up their trumpets and they start playing the main series theme, and nice. then it gets cut off. Yeah, yeah. And a new villain <laughs> comes in. Yeah. <laughs> and kills all the trumpeters. What? Not the trumpeters. And... <laughs> Fuck the trumpeters. They had it coming. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then there's a rift tears open in the world, and you jump in. Just fucking Silent Hill 2 style. Yeah. And you wander around for a bit, and you suddenly realize that you're in the world from Dragon Quest 1. Yep. Jeez. This sounds like the best one, actually. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I really like film like, stuff like this. Yeah. And you so you wander around for a bit, and it's the world from Dragon Quest 1. Except now you have a boat. And... So then you basically just play a very condensed version of Dragon Quest 1. Which is rad as fuck. It's which is rad as fuck. Where you fight the doodad, where you find the doodads, and go to the last dungeon, which is in the same place as the first game's last dungeon. Yep. And um, there's a really cool payoff where early on they establish that your dad is this big hero who has gone missing, um, and you kind of are sort of chasing after him throughout the game, and you see him in the last dungeon fighting a big boss, and you watch him fight the boss and die. (gasps) um so it's it's dumb that it's a dumb thing but it i think it's a good kind of dumb because it's it's a story that kind of earns it i think yeah i think so too and they don't dwell on it it's just like all right well that's how that plot line resolves there's a number of things (laughs) well that sucked yeah there's a couple of little episodes like that where it just things kind of resolve sadly like one of the very earliest ones ends with like two moms realize, like a mom and a dad realizing, oh, we killed our the two kids. It was a Romeo and Juliet thing, basically. Oh, okay. It was very sad. Um, and then your dad just dies to this boss, and the boss wanders away, and you walk down and you finish the rest of the dungeon. And then there's a big boss gauntlet before the last guy where you fight the boss that killed your dad, and then the, <laughs> the soul of the first of the boss of the first part of the game. And then it says the bones of that of Baramos. Oh my god. And then you fight the final boss. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> and you get a big doodad early on. Um, like the sphere of light, which is the big thing you're after at the end of the first game. Right. And I fought the vo- my final boss and got wrecked over and over. And then I thought to use the sphere of light, which had been telegraphed a couple in a couple places. And there's like this big dramatic moment where before the final boss had the same final boss music as in the first chunk of the games yeah but then his like shield goes down and a really good new tune starts playing and he's like well just because don't think you've won yet yeah it's a, <laughs> it's a, a moment fucking... that kind of gets reverberated through a lot of rpgs <laughs> like final fantasy 2 or slash 4 does it yep. fantasy star 4 does it a lot um, yep yeah it's a cute um, little although... moment yep Although the thing with the music was added for the remake in the, I looked at the NES version and they just played the final boss song throughout it. So uh-huh. I was like, oh, this, uh-huh. this really good moment was added in a remake. So yeah. that was cool. Um, and then I cried a bunch. Uh, <laughs> because that's what you do. Yeah. So it felt like 
like this wasn't like a big the final boss wasn't like this big character or anything it wasn't like there was all this deep resonance going on with how the story worked it just felt like kind of the best version of that basic jrpg story yeah does that make sense yeah i yeah. totally get where you're coming from mm. or it just felt like something that i'd seen a lot of things copy yeah and it this was that. Yeah, and... this was the progenitor of of what would become RPG convention for a while. Yeah, and you don't have, like, Golbez storming into the room with his own theme. You don't have um, all of late gen- later Final Fantasy's cinematic conventions yeah. um, that add so much, obviously. And you don't have, you know, Chrono Trigger's existentialism or anything, but this it was just a very good version of that story, and... I can see why a lot of, um, I think it's often regarded as kind of the best one among a lot of series fans. Um, I really like five. Nice. Yeah. Like five is the one that I need to actually dig into, but Mm -hmm. I have no no interest in six and seven. Like seven bores me to tears. Gotcha. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is the one with time travel. Is that five? Seven. Oh, huh. Um, six and seven were by Heartbeat. One through five were by Tunesoft. Yeah. Since uh, licensed out. And then um, eight and nine were level five. Yeah. So you can kind of... One through five kind of stand on their own, I think, to be where it's yeah. like, oh, they just made five of incredible these. RPGs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Weren't the first four on the NES, too? Yep. Yep. It's weird so, that they jumped the system for one more game. Mm-hmm. So... Basic, so like they made five really amazing RPGs. There's no Final Fantasy two. There's no Fantasy Star three. <laughs> there's that there's not RPG. a bad one in that first uh, uh, quintology. Yeah. So I fucking love Dragon Quest, and then I tried playing a bunch of the Western RPGs that inspired it over the last week, like mainly Ultima three and four, and I fucking hated them. <laughs> <laughs> I Ugh. think Ultima is pretty goddamn boring. God. Yeah. It's it's kind of the same thing, but you don't have, like, the music, and the interface is terrible, and it's not as pretty, and it's just, like, the same thing, but worse in every conceivable way. Yeah. <laughs> You're not so, wrong. Like, I'm with you on this. Is that I think the Ultima um, series is just dirt fucking boring. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't <laughs> play, like, the later ones, like, six or seven, but I don't give a shit. God. You see, they, the Dragon Quest, they consolized Ultima and made it palatable to the masses, basically. Dumbed yeah. it down for the dummy dumb dumb dumbs. <laughs> it kind of seems like consolized just means making something good. <laughs> I don't think you're it wrong. In, this. in a few regards, I don't think you're wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's streamlining. Yeah. Yes. It's taking something that has, like, a bunch of scattershot elements and then, like, pulling out the bad parts until you just have good parts. Yeah, yeah. And even then, stuff like Dragon Quest, where you have to press A and then pick from the menu, talk, look, examine, and stuff. It's better than, like, talk, T for talk on the keyboard, and uh, A for climb up, and B for descend down ladders. (laughs) I'm just saying that that's even something that has been streamlined out and made better, I think, in general. Yeah, yeah, but... So, coming off of Ultima, I have a lot of respect for Dragon Quest's little verb menu. 
in comparison. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's definitely a lot more condensed and easier to get into. Mm-hmm. Which never, which is never synonymous with bad. Yep. Which is a lot of people seem to feel. Like yeah, it is. that's the general gist you get when you Ugh. hear Dragon Quest versus the Ultima debate. It's just. Ugh. I've never heard that debate, honestly. So. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it on a few forums here and there, and God, like the Ultima side, it's just like. Yeah, the the like the like think of like the dumb PC snobs that you find these days, and it's mm-hmm. it's basically that. Oof. Yeah. So the Western RPG stuff, so that combo got real boring. <laughs> that that was very <laughs> that was very disappointing. Right. So I just I kept wanting to play more Dragon Quest, but all right. So that's twenty five minutes of Dragon Quest. Okay. <laughs> hey, Rhett. Hey. Did you play Dragon Quest? No, I played another game that starts with D Dead. and then kind of has an R Dang. after it. Dang Quest. Dang, I, you know what? It's Dang been seven, Quest. It's still seven hours and I still never thought of a way to make that work. <laughs> Dang Dicks. Uh, <laughs> Monokuma's Adventure. Monokuma's Adventure. <laughs> Uh, I played Danganronpa one, and then I played Danganronpa two. Man, that's like yeah. that's a pretty good spread of games to play back to back. Because we kept delaying the podcast, like I have since finished Danganronpa two, which wouldn't have been the case had we played if we recorded even like last week. Yeah. So uh, go. Where yeah. do you start here, Rhett? Yeah, I don't know. So you start with the first game, I guess. Yeah. And. I guess I'll just get this out of the way. First game's okay. Yeah, it's it's. I spent a lot of the time playing the first game, thinking about other games in my head. What? Oh, like what? Oh. Like, hmm. Ace Attorney sure has better trials. Oh, oh get the no. fuck out of my face <laughs> with your bullshit! Yeah, I don't think I can relate here, Rhett. Sorry. Oh the man. First game- the first game. I really liked the first game. I thought the first game's well, trials were pretty good. good. I don't... I'm not saying I dislike the first game, but I, like... I had trouble coming to terms with what it was. Because it's a very strange series. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, and basically, I, mean, I was kind of being pulled in two directions. And I felt like it kind of sat in the middle between two other things that I very much love. Which are Umineko and Ace Attorney. Yeah. And I know Polly's just going to want to fucking murder me by the time we <laughs> Like, Umineko is scary, and it's, like, it's a horror series. Yeah. And, like, it's all about vis- visceral, you know, shitty murders happening. Yeah. And Rampa kind of has killings that don't feel weighty, I guess, because, like, First, there's the whole, like, pink blood thing, which is kind of silly. And, like, the characters never seem particularly frightened, I guess. I don't know. I so, think like, it's just because it's... it's. Uh, I, I think it's a stylistic choice, and, a, and, yeah. and from a writing choice, of not letting, like, the characters kind of, like, fall into these awful deep depressions after somebody dies... Yeah. Um, I think it's a series that it's it, it it's constantly propulsive, and I think that that can take away a bit of the emotional weight 
Yeah. Uh, but, like, I still think that first game has got some pretty mm-hmm. fucking emotional moments. Yeah. I, again, I'm not trying to shit on it. I'm just trying to be, like, critical of what I was thinking as I was playing on right, it. Like, right, it's still right. a very good game, obviously. Yeah. But, like, there's things... It's very formulaic, I think, in how it approaches things. Like, And this applies to both games, really, where it's like, you have the start of each chapter, mm. and then Monokuma gives the motive, and then you have free time a couple times... And then there's a murder, and then you'd go right into investigation mode. Yeah. And I think it's that shift in investigation mode that always kind of throws me where it's like, well, somebody died, but it's all peaceful now, and we can just do our shit in peace to figure out who murdered. Like, there's Mm -hmm. never any fear of continued violence, I guess, which is totally opposite of Umineko, where once the killings and that start going, they don't stop. (laughs) Well, I I don't think that that, that Danganronpa is trying to bring about a fear of continued violence. I know, I know. I'm not saying that it's wrong. It's just, I kept comparing it in my head to other series. Yeah. And then you get to the trials and I, like, especially the first trial in the first game is ridiculous where they just tell you the killer at the start. Yeah. They Phoenix write that shit, but like, that's like the first case of every single Ace Attorney game is literally a fucking gimme. Yeah, but this was such a gimme where I'm just like, it, it's got to be a trick, right? Like they can't just tell you who it is at the start. Like yeah, the I think first, that was accurate, but then the first every clue, single other one. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. The first clue is just the name of the killer, and you're like, are they fucking with me here? Like what's going <laughs> on? So, but yes, yeah, so obviously that first game is still very good. It was just like. I was coming to terms with what that series is like kind of the rhythm of it. Yeah. And then like the last two chapters are obviously extremely good and it ends extremely strong. Oh yeah. Like that game is like the, the, the last two chapters of that game are so incredible. Yeah. 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 Once, once you really, once Monokuma really starts fucking with you basically. <laughs> well, that's the entire game though, really. Yeah. No, but once, that's like, the entire once, series once kind of starts, is much. Mm. Like Anna pointed out that the end of chapter four is when he kind of starts with the rules yeah he like, starts definitely meddling in a way that's not fair and you oh, know when mm-hmm. he is a character that is supposed to be playing by the rules mm-hmm. I mean, which yeah, is that's a, a huge part of chapter five is it being a setup basically yeah he's not playing fair anymore yeah so i cried a lot at the end of chapter four and at the end of chapter five those are very good yeah they're they're pretty good i think they're, the moment that actually got me the most was the end of chapter three like I didn't see that killer coming, and I was fairly bummed out when they left the stage. Yeah, I remember you actually being pretty distraught about that, and I was just thinking, yeah, yeah I mean, that was, that was, yeah, that was pretty, I thought chapter two's ending, and, like, the the reason oh. that it happened, that, that, that was really sad. I mean, chapter two was always kind of going to fall flat for me, because I'd been spoiling that one in particular, oh. age. Go. Yeah, that's kind of one of those big things you're gonna. That's get... one that no one will ever shut up about. Basically, yeah. Hey, this character dies. Just letting you all know that this character dies. Da-da-da. Here's the uh, thing about this character. Da 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 da. God. Yeah. So that game is that game is very good, but I kind of kept comparing it in my heads to other games. And then I played Danganronpa two. Hey, there's a nice normal game. <laughs> oh God. So this game is, like, right at the top of my list of best sequels ever. It's, yeah, it's so good. It's so solid. It's so good. It doesn't fuck up anything. 
Yeah, I think you're right. But, like, not just in that it's an improvement in, like, mechanical and a writing sense and, like, gameplay-wise and all that, but, like, it's a sequel in the truest, like, sense of the word where it relies on the first game so heavily. Like, like you couldn't play this game without playing the first one. No, this is why, you know, like, so many people, including myself, during Game of the Year last year, put these two games together because you need them to... They're married at, you know, they're married at the hip. Yeah, um, and now the PS4 first is just Danganronpa Rampa 1 and 2. Yeah, and it's just it like... It's not only the fact that it relies so heavily on Danganronpa 1, it's the fact, it, it's the way that it relies on Danganronpa 1, and then it totally fucks with you. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to, is how this game knows you're going to make assumptions in your head based on you having played the previous game. And it baits you so fucking it, hard. It is fucking with you the entire time. <laughs> So, like, it doesn't have to say anything directly. It just knows you're going to be thinking certain things based on the first game of how that world worked. And then they twist that knife later on. Yeah. It's, like, it's... There's, there's one great moment, like, towards the end where Monokuma's just like, by the way, this mystery about this thing that you've been thinking about the whole game, it doesn't exist. I'm fucking with you. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just this Wait, good, like, I don't want to say... You don't want to say what it is. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Yeah. But Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I know. Yeah. Keep going. It's a thing you'll mm. notice like immediately if you played the first game and then you're going to be mm. thinking about it the whole game and then it it's a nothing burger. Yeah. And it's just it just messes with you so badly like cuz this game opens with kind of the same setup as the first game. Well, actually no, it totally doesn't. But yeah, it actually opens with like a, a cutscene that a total... is very similar. Yeah, I'm try but like the actual like whole island paradise thing is totally different. So that part's yeah, really yeah. But like some of the things Monokuma tells you early on are like late, super late game stuff from the first game. Yeah, yeah. And they just totally throw it out there. They're just like, yeah, here's yeah. a thing that's happening right now. Yeah, that's what we're doing so, again. And then they so start fucking with it. Yeah, so mm. but you think you think you're on the same page as kind of where the first game left off, and yeah. then they twist what you're thinking. Yeah, like, in, in really fucking smart, smart ways. Way. And then Nagito is just the so best fun. character. Fucker. The best uh. character. Yeah. I mean, as far as memorable characters go, yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah, Nagito is probably my favorite character in the series. If I'm being honest, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That's He's a fair assessment, good. but I fucking hated him. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, so there, here's the story. Polly got to hear what actual despair sounds like. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Polly just listened in on me playing Chapter 5's Trial. Yep. And just, I would be like, hey, you know what would be super fucked up if blah, 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 blah. And then, like, two minutes later, that's actually what happened. And I was just like, <gasps> yeah, like, this is literally <laughs> the, the worst. worst thing I could have possibly imagined. <laughs> and the game is going in that direction. And I'm losing my mind. And then I, chapter, I, I, chapter five of the chapter second five game. of the second um, game. Like, yeah, yeah that, like, chapter five. Like, if you don't like if you haven't guessed by now, chapter five of Danganronpa, every Danganronpa goes fucking hard. 
but chapter twos went so hard that I just was not prepared for. Oh, that's, anyway. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, literally, like, the worst possible imagining of how the situation was going to play out, played out. <laughs> yeah. It's like the time the game baits you and you're hoping that it's baiting you. It's spent all this time and you're like, come on, game. Oh. Oh. Just nightmarish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then chapter six just goes completely off the rails. and It's I, the best. And then I was playing that when I messaged Polly, like another like, how effed up would it be if yada yada yada? And then two minutes later... Polly, that's actually what they did. Jesus Christ, this is so long. <laughs> and then, you know, the last, like, half hour of that game is... It's just so good. I cried, like, the whole time. It was very, very good. Future! 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 <laughs> it's so good. So, like... I was the only game I was comparing it in my head to that point was obviously the first game. In which point, it's just like, oh, this is so much better. Yeah, I love the, like the first game. Yeah. Two is just yeah, it's the best sequel. Like it's basically one of the smartest fucking sequels ever. Just yeah. because of like not only just because it's playing with you the whole time, but it just in, like in terms of the actual quality and, and Oh, and... that's right. Yeah, like the trials are way better in this They're one. So I... elaborate. Like, especially when you compare the first trial of both games. Yeah. Like this oh, one just man. Yeah, Danganronpa two, like it starts out pretty the first fucking trial is, like, crazy. Way crazier than anything in the first game. Yeah. Because I was I was just like my head was spinning by the end of like they did what? What? <laughs> that's real fucking elaborate. And then I will say this game has a really great cast of characters. Yeah. And it is so aggressive about killing <laughs> all of my favorites so relentlessly to the point where, like, by chapter four, I was just like, I don't really care anymore because you literally killed all of my favorite characters. Like, what's, what the hell, game? What's that? Is that despair? Are you falling <laughs> into despair? And then I was thinking things like, hmm, I kind of missed the claustrophobic setting of the first game. I thought it kind of worked better with what was going on. Yeah. And then chapter four happened. And then, and I hey, didn't... you got it! Woo! I didn't feel so smart thinking that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! God, That was horrible. Yeah, it's a pretty fucking awful situation to be in, isn't it? Yeah. And just the visuals in that chapter are so ridiculous. They're so good! Like, intentionally antagonizing you. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's... what are we doing here? Yeah. It's that, oh my god, Usami at the beginning of the game. Oh yeah, magical miracle girl Usami. <laughs> yes. Usami's such a weird character. Yeah, she oh. is, because she is initially annoying, and you hate her. Yeah. But, like, as the game goes on, like, I found that I, j I really started to like her more as the game went on. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely a game where you could easily replay it, and, like, now that you know everyone's, like, where everything actually stands. Yeah. Like, you're gonna think very differently about some things now. Yeah. And I like how, like, the island mode in this game actually kind of has a reason to exist. Yeah, it actually makes like, sense. 
Like, there's actually a canon reason for it's like, oh, if Usami didn't lose to Monokuma at the start, here's yeah. what would happen. Yeah, it's actually pretty neat. I also like the, the, the Magical Miracle Girl Usami mini game <laughs> that they have. I played one stage of that and was just like, okay. It's very silly, but it's just like, hey, that's like, it's more bang for your buck, really. I, oh, think, I yeah, think it's definitely, pretty good. Yeah, this game definitely well, feels like it over-delivers in kind of value. Because when you beat the game, it's like, oh, here's Island Mode. Oh, and here's like a novel we wrote based on the first game. Yeah, We're, yeah. we're, we're just throwing that in there here. Yeah, I should play that. The sound novel for um the first yeah. game. Uh, Danganronpa IF. Really yeah. IF. Yeah. IF. Oh, if. Danganronpa IF. I don't, I don't know why I said IF. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody in chat's just like, Rhett versus Danganronpa V3 win. Oh, God. DLV3 will break Rhett. <laughs> I'm waiting till next year. I want. You need some separation, I think. Right now. Yeah. yeah, and I watched the despair arc of the anime at least. Which boy, I know why that exists now. Yeah, and why you wouldn't watch that before playing the game? Yeah, it'd be a bad idea, wouldn't it? That'd be a bad idea. That'd be the worst idea. Yeah, I like the despair arc quite a bit. Oh, oh. yeah, I, I'm sure it's. It's. I'm sure it's great, fun, quality. Yeah, you just hey, you're gonna be having a a blast the whole time. <laughs> so Danganronpa is socks cast approved. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. Yep. Cool, sir. Right. Hey, Polly. Yo, what's up? Did you play any games? I did. You oh, did. Yeah. Imagine that. Rhett's here. Talking, oh. about, talking about da- Danganronpa, and guess what I did? I played I, I played a new Danganronpa game! That's a new okay. one? Yeah, I played uh, Danganronpa V3, Killing Harmony, thanks to Chelsea and Rhett for the greatest birthday present ever. Uh, uh-huh. y'all, are, y'all are too kind. Uh, but yeah, um, this is the newest of the Danganronpa games, and I hope the last, because it's kind of like one of those, mm. you know, like, that'd be a good place to end it kind of game. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, I kind of thought it was, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's, um, so, I mean, it's kind of similar, you know, you got the same kind of setup, yada, yada, killing game, 16 students, you kill somebody and get away with it, you get to graduate, if you get caught, you know, you're executed, so, you know, that's, you know, the kind of setup. Uh, I think that kind of what separates this game from, uh, the first two is quite literally, it's, uh, like, it, you can't really talk about the story here like at all because it's it, <laughs> yeah. for one it's really fresh and I don't want to spoil it for mm. anybody that is going to play it obviously um so really all I can tell you about anything that happens in the story is something that the director said before the game came out in that is that this game does not take place in the same universe as Danganronpa 1 and 2 but dot dot dot, 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 dot what dot. yeah it's just <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's uh, it's okay. you just kind of have to roll with it. Okay. Uh, enjoy the similarities, but know that they don't take place in the same universe. But dot 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 dot. dot. Jeez. And the thing that kind okay. of uh, the thing that kind of uh, shocked me at first is that like this game's setting is it, it's much darker and more oppressive uh, mm. than the first two, where there's a lot of levity in um. Danganronpa 1 and 2 just from the get-go and like characters have these real big personalities that kind of just jump off of the screen at you uh Danganronpa 1 and 2 or Danganronpa V3's cast is 
they're a little more subdued. They're they're kind of pulled back just a just enough to where it's still very Danganronpa because man, everybody's got some silly ass fucking talents. But <laughs> uh, like you just kind of always have a feeling that something is off with everybody. Like it's just like you don't feel an immediate connection to some characters like you do like everybody it it takes a while to either warm up to people or you're just never going to warm up to them uh there's just kind of an immediate offness to everything and like the environment is just like much darker it's this school that's just like it's still under construction and there's like grass growing all like it's a kind of a, a the last of us vibe in a way oh weird um and 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 I, I actually to go back like um, in terms of characters jumping out at you, I take that back. Uh, Miu Aruma is yeah. the best. <laughs> Are you sure she's the best? She's pretty fucking good. Or is she really bad at making this game get taken seriously? <laughs> no, I I don't think that she impacts the game that way at all. Uh, she's actually uh, like she actually has pretty uh you know, a uh, strong part of the story, I think. Um, but she's but just you like, think this people char- are going to see, st- do you think people are going to see screenshots of some of the shit she says and just write the game off? Cause she's pretty vulgar. Yeah. She, well, the, the director said they their aim with Mew was to write a character that was so vulgar and vile that she would be the least popular character ever. <laughs> and she, and she places consistently high in the popularity polls. <laughs> a modern day Ray Ayanami. Basically, yeah. Yeah, Mir is best girl. She's just like, yo, call me a cum dumpster. I've never been called one before. <laughs> like, and she's standing there, and she lo- looks like she's nutting the whole time, too, just enjoying it. <laughs> Mew is a sweetheart, goddammit. I love her to death. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's darker, it's oppressive. Like, there's, like, of all the games, like, you know, it's always this hope versus despair. That's kind mm-hmm. of, like, the theme of the series. And this is just, this is a, the, the game where it just kind of feels like despair is in the air that you're breathing. It's so mm-hmm. dour and, and, and just, l- l- like, always oppressive. And, and the cases, I feel, are much darker and more gritty and, and you know minus the pink blood of course <laughs> this kind of sounds up my alley based on what i was just saying about the first yeah. game yeah i actually think you will like this game quite a bit if you like that mm-hmm. that that more confined element yeah uh and it, it, it's you know like a, a bit more creepy and just Creep, kind yeah. of like uh but yeah it's uh it, it definitely left an impression and it's kind of one of those games where like when i played it like like when i played danganronpa one and two i had no problem just playing a chapter finishing a case and jumping into another one you know whereas this game like i would just like after some of the cases i would just be so crushed that i'd be like okay i gotta put this down for a day or two i'm (laughs) yeah this one took you actually a bit to finish it yeah like yeah this one took me about two weeks to 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 get to the end of Mm -hmm. but uh rest assured it's 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 pretty awesome um so, along with any new Danganronpa game, we, we have a slight change in mechanics to how things work. They've changed up some things. Like, they got rid of the fucking memorized bullets. That'll, uh, make, that'll make Red God. happy. 
They only did that like three times in the second game anyways. Yeah, I think they realized <laughs> that that was not a fun mechanic. So now it's... you can like... Um, so that's kind of been replaced with the ability to lie. Oh, jeez. But, but Ooh, again, it's like... It's used at least once in every trial, but they really fucking choreograph it. They're like, man, I'm going to have to think about this from a different angle. And you know that it's basically going to be a lie. But there are also mm -hmm. other arguments that you can lie in. And um, so there's more than just the one. So there's actually like different ways to, to, to solve some arguments yeah. if you lie a bit more. Uh, and there's a specific cue for when you can actually lie that I did not figure out until after I finished the game. But the game actually gives you an audio cue for when you can huh. for when you can tell a lie. And I was like, "Oh, well, son of a bitch! I did not notice that." <laughs> so cool. that that's your lie mechanic. That's good. So, okay, Hangman's Gambit's back. Is it improved? Oh my it's god, the fucking oh man, improved Hangman's <laughs> Gambit. How do you get better than that? Uh, so the new Hangman's Don't. Gambit is there's a bunch of balls floating. You can't see what they are. And you hold uh, A to illuminate the playing field, which drains your focus gauge. But that shows you what the letters are in the spotlight. And then you just pick letters from that. And every once in a while, the board will just like have a wave that goes across that lights up the letters too. So it's, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, mm. Then there's the replacement for Logic Dive called Psyche Taxi. Uh, and this is where hey, you hey, get... Hey, 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 come on over, play some psyche taxi. It's time to make some crazy deductions. <laughs> it's basically logic dive, only you drive and pick up letters that form the question <laughs> at the top of the screen, and then you run into your passengers to pick them up to answer the question. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty good. And, like, the visuals for it are really fucking good. Like, it's just tripped out 80s neon fucking vibe. It's, oh my god. It's real good. Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, then there's the uh, a new argument section called Scrum Debate, where eventually you'll get to a point in a class trial where everybody's split down the middle on like what we should pursue. So, yeah. like, uh, the courtroom splits into two teams and you have to make arguments versus <laughs> each other, which is basically just like, a character will say something, and then there will be a keyword in what they're saying that you have to pick from, and you just have to kind of, like, match the keyword that is the subject of their argument. And you do that, like, five to seven times, and you win the scrum debate. It's, it's actually pretty uh, interesting, and it's got probably, like, the coolest new um, piece of class trial music in the game. I love it to bits. Mm. That's cool. Uh, um, I like the sword game in the second one. Oh, it's really, yeah, that returns, too. I, oh, I want to cool. see that in, like, for Umineko debates, though. Yeah, that actually that would make total all sense. all about swords. It's <laughs> all about actual truth blades. So, yeah, yeah it's actually boring. It almost feels like they kind of looked at that and were like, hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, that returns, and I think that it's, uh, uh, it, it's a lot less frustrating because you can, you're just basically moving a cursor 360 degrees around the screen, and it slashes in a, you know, whatever yeah. angle that it's at. Uh, so that, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, and then there's the final new game that I love so much. Argument Armament, which is the new rhythm game. They've completely, uh, re they removed the rhythm game from the first two games and replaced it with some kind of Miku 
game <laughs> ripoff where you press buttons that appear all over the screen in time with the music and fucking images are flashing all over the place and it's really hard to see what the prompts are and the game is uh... just screaming at you the whole time and it's just like if if you're someone like me who can experience overstimulation sometimes it can actually be very nerve-wracking on top mm -hmm. of the fact that i just could not see the prompts very well because of the imagery um mm. i did not like argument armament at all and i mean i only failed it once or twice yeah it's really hard to fail out of because it's really hard to take damage in that portion but uh it's just i think it's really annoying just because it repeats so much and it takes so long to do Mm. so you know that's not yeah. so that's like all the new stuff overall I think it's just like hey it's I think that a lot of the stuff that they do during the trial is better uh, and obviously um, I think that this game from a presentation standpoint like I, I remember before it came out a lot of people were pissed off that it was 60 bucks and it was just like well you idiots know that you only paid $20 for the first two games because they came out in like 2010 on the PSP, right? <laughs> no, obviously they don't is the problem. And this game is 60 Oof. bucks and it's like the, 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 the most ambitious looking of the series. There's a lot more cutaway CGs and original scenes. There's a lot more animated scenes. Um, like the, the art is definitely much crisper and higher, higher res. Like it's like this game earned its $60 price tag. Uh, I think, uh, and it's, and it's like the, the, just the, the story mode took me fucking almost 60 hours to complete. Uh, this yeah, game, it's definitely the longest one too, apparently. Yeah. Like Whoa. this game takes its time, uh, to move along. Like the story segments are very long. Just like the time you have down between trials is very, very long. It's, 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 it's much longer than, uh, the previous two games, but I still thought that the pacing was pretty much okay. Like I didn't really have a problem with it. Um, and you also get, um, you know, more unlockables after you beat the game. There's like this big board game thing that you can play <laughs> that I haven't even delved into yet. It's got like weird RPG elements to it that I have not even tried to delve into yet because it's, it just seems like a whole nother game on its own. Weird. Um, yeah. And it, it, it's really weird. Uh, but I will say that this is kind of going to be the game that splits the fan base. This is the zero time dilemma of, uh, the Danganronpa series. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing with the dark being just darker and more subdued characters is very much that. Yeah, that's very much that because you know, Zero Time Dilemma, like, it has no moment of levity at all. Whereas the first two Zero Escape games, they have quieter moments where, is in Zero Time Dilemma, you were just on edge the whole time. Hmm. Um, but it's just like... The way this kind of wraps up the series, I feel, um, it's going to be very controversial, I think. Um, I, I think that it feels like a game that is speaking way more about... It's speaking about more than just Danganronpa or Danganronpa V3. It's speaking about, like, fiction and how that affects our lives and shit and, like what do you mean in somebody's story? And, and it, it kind of mm -hmm. goes really sentimental in ways that I feel like this wasn't written by committee. This was very, Oh, that's cool. This is very much uh, a writer like putting themselves 
like into a game to say something and to kind of like how does all of this tie together and i think that even though this game takes place in a different universe this is still a big big connecting thread for all three games uh thematically and i think it's really important for that reason but i just also really like that it goes beyond just trying to be something special for its own sake or the sake of its own series and is saying hey like let's have a chat let's have a chat about some stuff <laughs> and, and, and let's hash it all out here's what i think now let's hear what you have to think about it and i, I really admire it for taking that i think that's really really cool yeah, and, i'm really excited to play it yeah. we own it <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty good it's pretty good it's definitely it was definitely worth the wait for me i like i'm I am more than happy with how the game turned out. My final feelings on it are just like, yeah, it's still pretty great. Even if I think that Danganronpa 1 and 2 are stronger, I still think mm -hmm. that Danganronpa 3, uh, V3 is solid as fuck. Cool. Cool. So, John. <sighs> well, you played a 2003-2004 game, right? Yeah, I did. I did too. We were both tapping into that same kind of era. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Basically playing the same kind of game. Basically, essentially, like mm. yeah. they're basically indistinguishable. Mm. So I saw the Ruby Volume Five premiere. This is a preface. I'm not talking about Ruby. Uh huh. Um, at the in theaters, and I came out of that, and I was like, and it was like, people with kind of weird, ill-defined magic powers, and dumb, loud kids, and big stupid world and i was like this this makes me want to play something i feel like something is calling to me i'm not sure what it was and then i realized it was the grail war oh no oh, oh my god. god are you serious ruby got you to finish grail fate it's official i just it's official ruby is the worst thing ever um see but serious season five has been really good so far um so i was like the grail war calling me I, and i went can you explain that connection again though I, i'm baffled by i don't know just how you know they're, the they're both they're just something about it just maybe it was making me want you know dumb kids with magic powers that's all that's, who don't die with kills. who <laughs> <laughs> who um you know with dragon ball z fights and then just thinking about fate are they both to their swords? But but Fate Stay Night is just, hey, dinner's ready. That's the whole <laughs> fucking thing. Yeah, well, that's that, the thing. It's actually that I... Toho they eat all the time. Yeah, but they fucking <laughs> barf bullets at each other. So I did, I did drop Fate Stay Night a while ago because I read a really gross interview with the creator and because the last, like, three or four days of the game had been nothing but, like waffly slice of life bullshit um but it turns out i booted it back up and then i pretty much just went in straight into like a pretty cool good action scene because see the game's pretty good at those it was good at the like that's what grabbed me at the very beginning mm -hmm. of the game is this this really intense confrontation with lancer where the main character almost very nearly dies twice um and it's a very well done dumb dragon ball z thing and i appreciate that right um and i went back to the game and there was the bit and basically immediately after where i dropped off was the big confrontation with hercules and um re 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 the girl um 
And that whole sequence was really well done, I thought. And then I went and beat through the rest of the game. And there was more slice of life bullshit. And there are some cool fight scenes. And then they had a little climax with the Kirei Kotomine. Kirei Kotomine. And and, um, uh, they introduced my favorite, um, Gilgamesh. He's very good. Um, So then I beat the game. And basically what I was terrified of the entire time playing Fate was that I get to the end of the first route and it would be like a not satisfying conclusion in any way like it would just be kind of like a non-ending move yeah. on in the game. like i like that would be continued and yeah also unlimited blade works exactly and like near like like it'd be a near automata like root a ending where like yeah it, only that game's really good obviously but i was worried <laughs> that it would leave me not feeling like i'd finished a story at all um and it does not do that it brings itself to a close and both the villains like die explosively and Saber has her nice little arc end. Um, so I wound up feeling kind of weirdly satisfied. I think if the whole thing had been kind of like half as long, um, <laughs> that it might be approaching recommendable, <laughs> but it's not. So it is insane that like, this is the first of three arcs in that game. Yeah. And it's okay. still so, too long. Yeah, so the like, first, it is a game in and of itself. Yeah, it's a game. Yeah, that's the only way I was able to approach it is like, all right, if I finish the first, I'll just finish the first game. Think of it like that. Um, so if it wasn't for, so there's a couple things I came away from, take away from it. One, it's violently long, um, painfully long, and it's all because there's a bunch of stupid bullshit that should have easily, that could have easily been taken out. Um so that's one big problem. Right. The other is um, the attitude towards women is horrible. Oh, God. It's mm. so fucking... Oh, God. Oh, it's man. The... Fuck Nasu, seriously. Yeah. I spent, I spent the first half of the game thinking that, like, when is Shiro going to get over his bullshit and trust Saber to just be, her, to be herself and to do what needs to be done and to instead of this you need to learn to be a proper girl instead of this king da, 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 da. um but then it turns out that the game just thinks Shiro's right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like girls should just be girls there's nothing it's, a girl can do other than make sandwiches and babies it's unnatural for her to hold a sword oh god just reading that shit again like when he was, John was posting this shit on Twitter. I felt a whole <laughs> rage building up inside of me again that was akin to fucking Umi Neko. Okay, so d- how much of fate did you experience, Polly? I know you watched the first anime. Uh, and- I watched the first anime and it was fucking garbage. Um, yeah. I think I got to about the fourth scene of um, uh, uh, um, what's his name again? Shiro, the boy. Shiro's. Shiro's part, so you got past the prologue where you got to play as Reen for like yeah, three yeah. blessed hours. Less than, yeah. <sighs> I got to like the fourth scene of being told that Saber needed to be a girl, and I was just like, already, like, I'd already pounded my head on the desk enough through the first four, <laughs> and I was just like, fuck this, I'm out, this is boring as fuck, stop eating and do something. <laughs> stop being a sexist piece of shit and do something else. 
God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm not, so it's been like a couple weeks now and I was, it was felt weird and unnatural kind of bringing it up for the podcast. Cause I'm trying to remember why I kind of took, went on this journey and I'm coming up a little bit blank. I think you did it to piss bad. us off. That's why. No, wasn't it? I don't think that's what I did. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's because I watched Fate Zero for the third time, and Fate Zero is real good. It's real good. If only good. it had a slightly better ending that was a little more f- of an ending. That's, and did lead into a 1,200-hour visual novel as like about, the, the worst possible like, follow-up. Like 15 to 20 hours, I think. So I imagine. the And the others are shorter. So it's not... No, it's bad. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, so... The third thing is that I realized, like, there's a bunch of things that were kind of resonant in this in the VN that I realized wouldn't have meant anything to me if I hadn't already seen Fate Zero. Mm. Like, yeah. Like the villains at the end? The villains pop out of Gilgamesh and Kirei. Kirei's kind of set up early on, but there's no, like, resonance to him. Yeah. And Gilgamesh is just comes out of nowhere, barely exists. Um so there are these, these are these big villains that were drawn up in these things, and I love them because Fade Zero set them up so effectively. Yeah. But then in the actual work, they are, they're basically they're about as fully sketched out as the villains in the Dragon Quest games I play. <laughs> <laughs> and like that was about the level of that was kind of what it felt like was it was trying to be the end of a JRPG, but JRPGs are but something like Dragon Quest is different because it doesn't have 300,000 words of text. And uh, mm. quite as much sexism. And <laughs> not as much sexism. Still some sexism. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But... It isn't a Kira Toriyama joint, in part. <laughs> um, oof. So that's... So that journey... I don't think I took it to piss you off. I think there was an earnest interest there that sprouted out of this other very good story... Um, Remember how you said you just... were playing Dragon Quest because you felt bad? Yeah. I think you kept playing this because you wanted to make yourself feel worse. <laughs> you might be wow. Right. This it is was... the depression that started the Dragon Quest thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I finished it, and then I um, I watched the first season of um, Unlimited Blade Works. Uh-huh. The first two episodes are both 40 minutes. And they uh, both detail the prologue of the game, like, note for note. And the game itself already does the same prologue twice, just from the two different characters' perspectives. And it was right. already really long and boring in the game. Yeah. <sighs> so I got to hear about how the fucking Grail War works, and how <laughs> there are seven servants and... For the 1700th time. This series um, sucks. So I think I got to the finale episode of season one. Um, and then Reen was like, all right, we're going to go on a date. And then Shira says, oh, okay, we're going to go on a date. And there's a pause. And then it zooms in on his face and he goes, what? Oh, my God. And then I off Netflix about a week ago and I haven't turned it back on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's about the right way to handle that. So I haven't seen the finale. Uh, I, I, haven't seen I got about like two-thirds through the Unlimited Blade Works anime, and I was just like, I just don't fucking care. Oh, man. 
And, so I, and I and I still love Fate Zero though. Like Nasu I is trash. Sometimes this is a guy that Nasu is a guy that wrote about fucking a loli in vivid graphic detail from a male perspective. Okay, <laughs> what is that? Look up Kagetsu I, Toya. Oh, oh, it's not even Tsukihime. Well, I thought you were talking about Urubuchi, which no. is also true. Yeah, it's also true. I followed up. I followed up. Unlimited Blade. I felt I dropped that, and then I played Song of Saya all the way through, which was um, Uropuchi's eighteen plus horrifying, yeah. horrible VN, and I had a much better time with it because it's actually by a writer. Yeah, somebody that can actually write and doesn't continually refer to a penis as a mollusk. <laughs> oh my god! So that's so. Song, the Song of Saya was a much better journey because it's it like immediately like, hey, this is writing and moving in every scene is accomplishing something. Yeah. Um, and the porn scenes were very bad. Uh, well, of course. Uh, are they, are they essential? Is there a way to skip over them? Um, well, they're essential to the story in a way that they aren't in fate, but also horrifying, horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's basically a love story where Lavos is the love <laughs> interest, which I kind of adored a lot. And the pa- so basic, Urobuchi wrote a story where the power of love destroys the world. <laughs> That's nice. so true. Which is probably the most Urobuchi thing, actually. Yeah. So that was, a, I should have just played that instead of um, trying to do the Fate universe, because I wasn't attracted to the Fate universe. I was attracted to the voice of the writer. I think That's exactly <laughs> where I'm at, too. Whereas, oh. like, after watching Fate Zero, I was so tempted to watch the original anime again because I needed to see Saber's story finish. But I'm like, I, I hate that anime though. It's so yeah. bad. It's so bad. Let's just watch Thunderbolt Fantasy because <laughs> that's also a- after Urobuchi got got past a lot of his bullshit too. <laughs> so that's that was my VN adventure. That was my bad visual novel adventure. Ugh, that is a bad, bad. Bad VN adventure. Woof. Woof. Mm-hmm. Woof. Don't ever take, like, don't ever read Fate. Like, Fate is bad. If, if it's, it's got Nasu's put... name on it, run a fuck away. Polly, well, you read all of Tsukihime a while ago. Yeah, that was <laughs> fucking 2006. Didn't you read oh, all of it, though, and, like, really regret it? Yeah, hated it. We must it's have literally, so it's literally, back then. that game is literally three-fourths of I'm in the hospital and I feel sick. <laughs> and I don't want to do anything. And a girl's going to bring me food to eat. Because that's what girls do. <laughs> and then God, this guy has issues. We're going to have mollusk sex. Yeah, basically that happens as well. With his uh, sister. Uh, <laughs> God. Who's a vampire. Yeah, well, that part's fine. Mm-hmm. So your vampire also, sister, you're okay with fucking your vampire sister? Well, the vampire part. I, I'm making a joke. That's what my dad would be like. Could you like? Mm. Can you like fuck your sister, but only the vampire part of her? <laughs> Which would be the vampire part of her? Well, it depends how much blood she's drinking to where she's not actually blood related anymore. Damn, Red's got this all figured out. He's already thought about it. <laughs> Oh, oh, one more funny observation. One more observation is that there are no dick worms in all of the first route of fate, and then <laughs> fate zero gets to them in like ten minutes. Or, or like Nasu's like, okay, I've got this plot device I want to get at some point, and Urobuchi was like, oh, that's the good stuff. We got to get there right away. 
<laughs> fast track us right to that shit. Well, because it's assuming you've read all of Fate. <laughs> I'm not even sure if they're in the second arc. I think that's something they save for the third arc. <laughs> they just sit there. Hey, we got the centerpiece for this shit. Thick worms. John, which version of Fate did you actually read, though? I think the most recent fan translation. What, like, what's the game called, though? Fates. I have it right here. It's like Fates. Oh, Realta Nua. Yeah, so but, apparently that but, version of the game removes the dick worms. <clears throat> no, no, I played the ver- a fan translated version where they modded the sex scenes back in. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I sad, by the way. I just want you to know I heard very specifically because you know there's the new anime based on Heaven's Feel, and I saw someone ask and got the answer back that. It's explicitly based on the Rialta New version that doesn't have the dick worms. Why are we even coming then? Why, Why are, are we, we even here? there? Yeah, not so. the worms. We don't have the worms. There's no dick worms in the why new anime. If you ain't they're... gonna have dick worms, why well, fucking bother? They're still there, but they're vampire worms apparently now. Well, yeah, they changed the designs a bit to look less penisy. Yeah, look, we know what's important when it comes to the Fate universe. Mana restoration. Mana restoration, <laughs> oppression of women, and dick worms. Oh my and god. Saber getting back to the kitchen. And Saber getting yeah, right back Saber, to the kitchen. Saber being wrong to believe in things. Yeah. Which is weird because that's still what Fate Zero was all about, yep. is how wrong Saber is, but it didn't feel quite as sexist. Yeah. Like only, think... only one of the characters ever made it about the fact that she was a woman. Yeah. And that was Gilgamesh, who was a, yes. you know, a sexist pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also much gayer in Fate Zero. Just throwing that out there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gilgamesh is very good. All right. Rhett, okay. did you do anything uh, else? What did you do? I did. I went on an adventure through time. Oh, shit. Not time traveling? Oh, no. My yeah. weakness! How do you follow this shit? <laughs> well, this game was actually pretty easy to follow. Also, it's a platformer, a 3D platformer, where you have a hat that you can hit stuff with. If I made it's... a game like that, I would probably call it something like uh, a hat in time, probably. I was thinking Super Mario Odyssey, but I didn't actually play that. No. I was trying to do a You were playing the way better game. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> I played the game that... No one's going to remember now that Super Mario Odyssey came out. Yeah. Oof. You played the game whose creator is a real scumbag. Uh, yeah, apparently. And then... But the game itself is super cute, so maybe we can just look all past all that for a bit. Well, well I'll look past it enough for you to talk about it. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's a weird amount of drama around this game, and it's such a shame because the game is really good and... It's super cute and like doesn't have any actual bullshit in the game itself. Yeah, like the 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 character animations and just like everything about that world. When I like the the couple hours yeah. that I played of it, like I genuinely thought it was fucking adorable. It's really cute. Like it's a fairly kind of standard three D platformer kind of explore around get yeah. shinies and stuff. But like that genre doesn't exist anymore, so it's really refreshing anyways. Yeah, its because, only competition like, is literally ukulele, and that's garbage. Yeah. 
which nobody liked. So like, oh this yeah, just I forgot happened. about. It. I was thinking you're talking about Ukulele, basically. <laughs> yeah, this is the other one, even though it was kickstarted like a full uh, year before Ukulele. Yeah, and and then it came out like eight months later. Because this was kickstarted in like 2013. It was before Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, like they took their time with this game because the I think the staff was only like nine people or something yeah. crazy. But yeah, it's, it's right. a 3D platformer and it's very cute and like the bosses in this game are awesome. Like, the, that is the best part. Yeah, they're it's so like, inventive. I, they're so smartly designed and pattern based that it's it's really yeah. impressive. And like. Mm. Seeing really good, yeah, like, pattern-based kind of react to what you see them doing. Like, bosses in a 3D platform is kind of unreal. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, I just, I really like the game, even though it is kind of short and brief. And, like, the writing's really funny, though. And, like, especially the second world is more okay. of an adventure game, really. Than, That's cool. Like, there's only four worlds, really. But they each kind of have very different takes on what the game is going for. Yeah. Like, the fourth world is just pure platforming yeah nothing else and then the second world is just like almost entirely kind of adventure game stuff of just talking to characters and like back and forth fetch quest kind of stuff but like the writing's really funny and it's just completely yeah it's really really genuinely funny so like it feels almost more like psychonauts and and that part yeah and then the first and third worlds are kind of more like big open playgrounds to an extent where you just kind of wander around and collect shinies. And like the first world though, kind of pulls you by the nose through its first few missions. Yeah. Which oh, I thought yeah. was a little weird. And then you can go back and explore if you want or not. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this game. I guess. I think the, I... the, the hat powers, the hats that you can make, I think there's, they're, they're pretty inventive. Yeah, but they never really get used. They don't very get used much. a whole lot because the game length doesn't really support it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and because it's kind of non-linear or very non-linear, really. Like, yeah. there's never any places where they make you can. The game's never sure if you have something, so only one of the later hats that like reveals hidden platforms is really essential to yeah. completing mm-hmm. the game. But then there's fun part. Like, there's a kind of a grappling hook thing that is really fun to use. Like, it, the movement just feels good, basically, which yeah. is important. And it's, I'm glad they got this out before Mario Galaxy came out. Yeah, and kinda even, even if they didn't wanted... have, like, that long of a lead on it, like, yeah. at least it didn't come out, like, a week before. Oof. Yeah, Oof. it was, like, two weeks. Yeah. Or, like, a week <laughs> after, like, later, yeah. later, hat in time, nobody's gonna remember you. Yeah, but it's also weird though, is because it only came out on PC yeah. and like their console versions later. Yeah, mm. so it's kind of like weird seeing them do the Hollow Knight thing again of like putting it out on PC only with no advertising and then yeah. mm. no no concrete plans for console versions yet. Like weird. it's kind of weird. O and D's are just like I don't know, just put it out there. Like, well, fuck I it. mean, that's kind of what they ha- a lot of indies have to rely on. Unfortunately, they don't have marketing teams, and it's not easy. Even if you're, mm-hmm. even if your project is decently known, it's not easy to get your word out, get the word out there. Like, it's such a crowded yeah. market now. It sucks mm-hmm. how crowded things are right now. When even this like can't really get any attention from the major publishers. Yeah, or not publications. I meant. Yeah, like this is a big. This is a big thing. Yeah, 
And I also think I it's like it announced like years ago. A lot of the major sites now like won't even really bother with a PC only release. Yeah. So I think that hurts them as well. Like, if if something like this or Hollow Knight had come out on PS4 or something at launch, like a lot more of sites would have paid attention to them. Yeah. That is sad. Yeah. So this is kind of the succeeding. This is doing the Banjo Kazooie thing, right? That's the yeah, thing. but it's it's not as insanely focused on being a collectathon as okay. those games were. Like, I think one of the smartest thing about this game is that it's like they even said this is kind of their design ethos. It's like we want to make sure people can actually complete this. Like okay. the only the only thing the game tracks, like on your collection screen or like your profile, it just says you know zero to one hundred percent. It's just the forty main shines yeah. things. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so there's 40, that's it. And, like, yarn is another collectible, but it doesn't actually track how many you have or how many exist in the world. So people are just trying to trying to figure that out. Yeah, it's you like, just kind oh, of blindly that. stumble through it. Yeah. But it's also, like, there's 50 more in the game than you actually ever need to get all the hat upgrades. Yeah. And the hat upgrades aren't actually tracked either. Nope. Because it's only... If you need one of those to get the main shinies. So... It doesn't take that long to get everything, and it's very like forgiving for ke- getting a hundred percent. Really nice. Because yeah, the, the only one of these games that I've actually fin- finished is um, Jack and Daxter One. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I I feel like Mario has been kind of different. I'm excited to play Odyssey because it feels like Mario has not done this thing to the extent that collecting the Star Wars boots you out of the level. Like right. that's been their big difference, and now they've kind of finally escaped that. Yeah. This is definitely more like Mario 64 or Sunshine, where every, like, shiny is, like, its own mission. Yeah. And there's Mm -hmm. very... Some pretty dramatic changes, depending on which one you select. Like, you usually can't ever get the wrong one. Like, like you'll pick one, and it's like, here's the level, and go over there and get the thing. And then you'll pick the second one. It's like, oh, this level's raining now, so, like, some stuff is blocked off, and there's the one shiny is up there now. Yeah. Okay, so it sounds more like Mario 64 thing then. Yeah. And then you'll pick, like, the fourth one. It's like, oh, the water's lava now. Have fun. (laughs) So it's, like, a whole different mission. And then the second world is just, like, you're just going to entirely different areas, depending on which thing you pick as your mission. Mm -hmm. And, like, this whole... That's... The second world is really impressive, though, because it's, like, two characters are feuding. So, like three of the missions are for one side and like three are for the other side. And then there's like a scoreboard tally at the bottom, depending on like who you're doing more to help out. And then the finale of that chapter is really not so. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I played through the first two chapters and yeah, I I wasn't in the mood for it, but Mm -hmm. I really appreciated what it was doing. Yeah. I think the end of the end of chapter two is probably actually my favorite moment. Like that good. whole ridiculous boss fight yes. and stuff. It's real fucking good. And then the final boss of this game is really weird. <laughs> like, I think if one thing this game has a problem with, it's the tone. Uh-huh. Like, the tone of the final boss fight is just so out there. Like, are you guys aware people are going to consider this a kid's game or not? Uh-oh. Oh, weird. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> but, like, right. they're like, well... It's not the end of the world if you can just reverse time afterwards, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, they go that route with it. I was wondering if that was kind of the route they were going to go for. 
Yeah, so things get a little hairy at the end, and then you just rewind time, and everything's cute and happy again. <laughs> a hat in time is a hat in time is strange. Yeah. Oh <laughs> shit! shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then there's a blue butterfly. Oh wait. No wait. Right. <laughs> it actually has that. It has actually has the same climax as um, our type final really weird and out there random <laughs> yeah our type final is pretty fucking good <laughs> oh that game so, that's a hat in time yeah i guess so cool any news we want to talk about uh i didn't keep a podcast text this time so i don't know there's been a lot of news but who oh boy i'm not sure that like any of it like has been yeah. stuff that we would actually talk about I think I saw that the Danganronpa series creator left. Yeah, he uh, left. So, peaced out after the third game. Yeah, that's probably good, because he specifically stated that he didn't want to make any more Danganronpa, so... Yeah. But it also is now, like, if they attempt to make any more, the fans are are really not going to accept it. I don't know. Like, that fan base is is pretty rabid. And I, Mm. like... Like him leaving kind of just told me, oh, they're they're gonna do more. I don't want God. them to, but they're going. Oh, to. you think now that he's gone, they're just not gonna respect his wishes? Basically, yeah, I think that's basically what's gonna happen. Uh, like, why would the company like ra- like I would rather see them put that talent toward making something new and innovative and cool, but yeah. I don't think that that's gonna be the case. That's not how video game no, companies work, especially today. I yeah. still hear people say that they wish there was a ghost trick too, and I'm like, uh, Come I'm on, just, why? Why? <laughs> of all the games that, like, that does not need a fucking sequel at all, ever. Bioshock, two. <laughs> but yeah, ghost trick is like the perfect like. Hey, we just made a one off. Yeah, we, we did it right the first time. There's no need to for a sequel. Yeah, like we there's tied just... up all the loose ends at the end. Yeah, like that game was it was very specifically written to kill any loose threads. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Um, I think it's cool that unlike a lot of trilogies, um, the Danganronpa games are like the first one is good and satisfying on its own. The second one is a great continuation and is a good and satisfying conclusion on its own. Yes. And then it sounds like the third one is And the is third one that. will be a proper end to the series as well. Like, you can stop playing Danganronpa at any point Whatever you want, want and you'll be satisfied. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, with Zero Escape, it's do 999 or do 999 VLR Zero Time Dilemma. Yeah. Yeah, or you can... most most trilogies are basically that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, most sequels always have the second game is like written explicitly with a third in mind. Yeah, like that was Star the mis- Wars. <laughs> yeah, and that was the Mistborn trilogy too, which I also finished. Cool. <sighs> so was cool. I'm sure that we don't have any questions because I don't see any on the Twitter. Uh, so anything in chat that I can't see. Uh, we can ask for questions. We still got people here. Uh, my allergies are saying no. Uh, <laughs> All right, cool. So okay. we're gonna get out of here. Okay, this is the long fabled episode two, two that finally happened, huh. and we're just gonna get the fuck out of here. So oh. thank oh, you all. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, Actually, I'm... I hate you. I'm sorry. Do you want? To... Uh-huh. Thank you. Says never mind. What about game of the year stuff? 
Do you want people to send in lists? Okay, or not? okay, yeah. Now is the time to start thinking about Game of the Year stuff that only Rhett and John are going to host this year. No, you'll be there. Don't I worry. will not. You will. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're going to do the same thing we've done over the last few years. So that's going to be your top three games of the year. Write a little bit about it and shoot your list oh. off to podcast at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. You write a little bit. A little bit. Fit in a, fit in a tweet. 280 characters. We're not, <laughs> we're not reading paragraphs Novels. ever again. Yeah. So... Keep it, you know, like, yeah, like, we definitely want to do Game of the Year stuff again, so get those ready. Uh, I'll also be putting that up on the main page and shit, so. All that fun okay. stuff. Yep. So, thanks, everybody, for coming out tonight. Uh, we're glad you joined us. I'm sorry, my allergies suck. Um, uh, and I'm going to say, hey, Jonathan, I think everybody wants to know where <laughs> they can find you. Um, FarawayTimes.com. And Rhett, I bet everybody wants to know where they can find you too. Molly's bed. <laughs> yeah! John laughed over my joke. John. Sorry, I'm laughing at Polly's nasally voice. Sorry. Thanks. Because of the allergies. Let that. that sneeze out, Polly. I'm, I didn't sneeze, though. But you sound like you're about to sneeze. Yeah, so I, I really am. We uh, believe in you. And you can find me in my bed with Rhett. <laughs> We are podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. Mm-hmm.